I really want it to be 80s newscaster music. Hi, Claire. And this, and this is, is Crosstalk. Crosstalk. Well, Claire, it's been quite a week. I feel like we should get current I before love that. we dig in with it. Can you tell me a little bit about what's been going on with you this week? Mm. Well, it's Tuesday, so depending on what the first day of your week is, uh, I've either had two days or three. Um, and, you know... I'm really trying to take it easy. Hashtag easy does it. Because I have overbooked myself. This, you? This month of, yeah, which I thought, you know, I thought the problem was gone for good, Corey. Mm. That I would stop overbooking myself. Yeah. Guess what? It's not. No. I get excited and then um, I don't want to say no. It's a little different today instead of like not wanting to say, like saying yes when I mean no. It's more like my life has gotten so big because I've allowed that, um, that like, I do want to do all these things. And so I think like, you know, putting my problem in its true perspective looks like, Hey, I overbooked. That's my awareness. Hey, I'm not a fucking piece of shit because I overbooked. That's my disease. And that's my first thought. Mm. I don't have control of my first thought. I have control of my second thought and my first action. So my second thought can be, it's okay, Claire, that you overbooked. You can reschedule something. And or maybe you can, you know, get yourself to the one thing. Maybe you can rearrange it a little bit. Maybe you won't be able to stay the whole time for one of those things because I don't have to live in extremes anymore. And it's none of my business what other people think of me. So, you know, if I do change something, that's okay. Um, and then if I can't get to a more loving second thought, I use the we, the program to do that I make an outreach call to call my sponsor read some literature um you know and then that helps me get to a place where I can be in acceptance you know I had awareness moving into acceptance around the things that I've done that I think are like less than perfect because I have uh the distortion of perfectionism in my brain and then I get to take action you know and that might look like I said before like canceling something or like taking a bath when I get home or being like hey babe can you pick up dinner because like I guess that I didn't, wasn't on silent. didn't mean to do my timer <laughs> <laughs> one minute left uh you know like babe can you pick up dinner because like I can't make dinner tonight you know it's just about like being flexible I really try to wear my program like a loose garment and when I do that it allows me to live in the gray area gosh I feel so better already about this week just thinking about this uh I really needed this reminder you know because yeah because my life looks a little unmanageable because I want to control people places and things and guess what that's none of my business what my business is is my attitude and my perspective you know, and like by going through that list I just went through, it really helps with that. And then I get to be happy, joyous, and free. So that's what I got, Corey. I love that. Can you get current with me? 
Sure, you know, I'm going through something kind of similar. I'm actually leaving the city of Los Angeles as my one of my full-time residences. Gasp. Yeah. So I'm a little um, overwhelmed about all the things that I have to accomplish to get out of here, but also all the things that I've wanted to do uh, before I am no longer permanently located here. Um, so that's looked like, you know, wanting to go to Cantor's one more time or wanting to go on a hike or what have you. And, um, that's added up to a lot of like overscheduling as well. And I don't really, um, I don't really, I don't really know what day is what day. I don't even know what Tuesday is or what that means. And so I've, I showed up to a lunch today that no one was at because it was tomorrow. Uh, last week I went to some outside help on the wrong day and she literally came out of the room and was like, you know, it's tomorrow, right? I'm like, nope, totally drove all the way over here for no reason. Um, so that's kind of fun. And, you know, everything's taken care of, which is really great. Um, literally down to, you know, I, I I asked my higher power to help me sell a couch this week. You did? I did. Wow. And as you know, I like to resist using my higher power for all things, just certain things. I do know that about <clears> you. Because, you know, he can't possibly, it, it they, she can't possibly... <laughs> get involved in this couch transaction it's now you just, need to it's too that. small mm. and sometimes you know they can't get involved in my love life or maybe some of my recovery or whatever but anyway um <laughs> you know sometimes i gotta take care of myself but you know it's just this week i was like fine i'll give you the couch if you can do this we'll see about the rest um <laughs> That's so kind of you, you no know, i brought my faith to a new level so and my couch got sold and it got sold for the right amount of money nice yeah and it wasn't a hassle and even my partner was in town when the woman showed up with only one moving person and helped to take the couch to the truck so i didn't have to move it because wow. you know i hate moving things or picking things up true or doing anything even remotely labor intensive um so <laughs> but you have so many other great qualities but i have so many other great qualities yeah. so that all happened and that was great so i hear you about the over scheduling i will say you brought up the we of the program and um the one thing that I will miss the most about the city of Los Angeles is the program here is really killer. Mm. And if you're listening out there, I highly recommend if you're traveling to the West Coast to check out some of the meetings, um, including a meeting that uh, that you started on Sunday mornings oh. at the AT Center. Yeah. Um, and at that meeting, I often see a gentleman that might be joining us today. Mm. But uh, yeah, the fellowship here is fantastic, and the the we program part of it, the the people of this city are very dedicated to the recovery, and I'm very much hoping I can carry that forward into other cities, and I'm very much looking forward to visiting it when I return, which will be often. And in that time, I hope to run into our guest today. Mm. We have a guest in the studio. His name of course is we do. Alex, I think. Hello. My name's Alex. Hi, Hi Alex. Alex. Hey, Claire. Corey. Welcome to Crosstalk. Yeah. Thank you for having me. We're really happy to have you. Yeah. Excited Grateful to be here. Grateful you could be of service. I was very excited to be asked. Hmm. Ah, I love. I love this. <laughs> I love it. it. Feels so good. Claire enjoys her Alex. Corey, I heard you in your uh, Sherry just had bring up the we. I maybe also brought up the we. Do we have a topic for today? I think that might be the topic. Wow. I don't know. I feel like we're sounding like the delicious dish on Saturday Night Live today, just a little bit. <laughs> is that where 
Well, I don't want to bring in outside issues. Let's so. not bring in outside issues. But outside well, so issues. This isn't an Aladon sponsored podcast. We're That's oh, true. Oh, we didn't do the disclaimer. I, it's fine. Okay. Because We're not I already affiliated. did it and it can be added in. That's yeah. why we did it like three takes of it before. Oh, right. Um, <laughs> um, okay. So okay. <clears throat> in studio with us today is our good friend Alex. Hi, Alex. Hello. Hello. And yes, our topic today is the we of the program, which I understand you feel like sharing some stuff about. Yeah, yeah. I'd be able to share a little bit about that. I love that. Well, yeah. if you could ex- share your experience, strength, and hope with us, that would be fantastic. How would you like your time, Alex? Just 10 minutes. Just 10 straight up? You got it. All right. How about eight and two? Okay, you got it. Eight and two. <laughs> Mixing it up. Cool. All right. Well, uh, my name is Alex. Hi, Alex. Hi, Alex. Hello. Uh, thanks again for having me. This is so nice. Um, I... Uh, I love the topic, um, mostly because I, I know you guys, and you're part of my we. And, um, you know, I think I'll just share, like I usually do, which is how it was like then and how it's, it was like now, or how it is like now, um, before program and after program, or currently in program. Um, you know, what brought me to Alan on... Um, was a pretty rough breakup, but I um, was brought to Al-Anon by my roommate's girlfriend who was living with us, um, and all three of my roommates were in AA, um, and I wasn't, and um, so they, they they recommended I go to Al-Anon, so I, I went with her, and um, it was just kind of, I just felt right at home, like it just felt like I felt comfortable and it just felt good. Um, I was in a lot of pain and um, I met my first sponsor at that meeting and I just, I realized that uh, these people that are in Al-Anon were, were carrying just as much uh, anxiety and fear as I was. Um, like I, I just didn't realize how much anxiety and fear I was living with until I heard other people talking about it. And uh, also how they kind of mentioned that, you know, a lot, of, a, a lot of people don't walk around with that much anxiety and fear. Um, and uh, I was like, okay. Um, and I realized right away that it was about me. Um, like it was never really about that relationship. It was... It was more, I realized through going to meetings that I had something that was kind of just this uncomfortable um, narrative about what was going on around me and what, like this, uh, you know, I would tell myself stories about people and um, those people would be people I didn't know or people that I knew very well and, um, so I lived in this sort of fantasy of who I thought people were or what I thought their intentions were or what my life with them would be like. And I held on to that. Um, and, you know, I, I, I eventually stopped working with that sponsor, but um, my second sponsor was actually a member of that group. And I, <laughs> I remember him telling me, um, you know, I understand 
like what you're going through, but you know, it sounds a little bit like you're having some trouble being vulnerable, um, just, you know, in the rooms and with, you know, just with fellowship and, you know, being with people that are in, in program. And, and I said, oh, I think of myself as very vulnerable. Uh, and he said, really, I mean, because uh, it sounds like you tell yourself a lot of stories about people. And that's like really clear to me that like you just don't want to be present. Um, and I said, wow, that's, that's amazing. He's like, you know, why don't you try, why don't you just try calling people in the rooms? Just, you know, just try calling, just try calling other men in the room. Like just give, you know, take, take a phone list and just, just call these guys. I mean, some of these guys would love to hear that from you, you know? And I, I was scared to, um, but, you know, he really encouraged me to um, fellowship and, and to seek um, their story. Um, and I, I did. And I got more out of that week or that that month, I think, in, in the amount of, like, recovery I, I got to hear than, I think, if you condensed it down, that was probably the most condensed time of my program. Was I was calling someone three times a day calling someone different and I would just get to tell them what was going on and I would get to hear their story and what they went through that day. And it really blew me away just how much it, it made me feel like I could just be more present because I wasn't focused on what I thought was going on or what I thought was going to happen to me or when I was going to get paid next or when, um, the thing that impending doom was going to happen, you know, I, I just wasn't focused on that. And that's what I think the we, for me, kind of became um, part of my program. Like, that was the shift, I think, is realizing that the people in the rooms were actually the people that I could feel safe telling what was really going on in my life, you know, like what, what I was really afraid of, what, what like I really you know, kept me up at night or what I was really thinking about, um, other people. And it just allowed me to have this soundboard or this love of someone who just would listen and, and go, yeah, that doesn't sound like what's really happening. <laughs> like, like, or, um, I have this fellow I, like, I, I talk to, um, a lot. Um, and he would say things to me like, you know, yeah, it doesn't sound like there's a problem here. You know, there's no problem here. And I, I've like, I, I, it took me a year of listening to him. He, he has a lot more recovery than I do uh, to finally realize that there's really never a problem here. And that was sort of like when I finally came ashore to, um, you know, like a, a, a being with um the we in the room, but also my higher power was realizing that there's never a problem. And I don't think I would have got there without him. Um, and he knows who he is, but I, it was like this subtle, like, you know, he listened to me for over a year and a half talk about this relationship I was in. And then he, it, it finally, like I was, I was single again. And he, you know, he was like, you know, all the stuff that you think about when you're single, like your fear of being alone or like, 
I mean, it dragged on. I was, I was single for years and uh, he just kind of was like, you know, you're going to, you're going to be all right. You're going to, you're going to find some, there's someone out there that's just, that they're already alive. You know, she's, she's, she's right. She's, she's probably pretty nearby actually. And, um, you know, I was terrified. I thought, you know, gosh, you know, what am I doing wrong? Like, you know, I just wouldn't give it to God. I just wouldn't, I just wouldn't give it to my higher power. I wouldn't let go of that thing completely. You know, I just was like, you know, there's got to be something in here. I, I'd have to, I have to, I have a say in this, you know, like I have, I have to do something. I have to go up to them, you know, I have to pick them out of the crowd, you know, and I think that was when I was talking about coming ashore, I'm really like, um, yeah, I think about this old Roscoe Holcomb song where he says, you know, when he dies, like he promises you when he's dying that he'll let you on to God's golden shores. And, um, that's what I feel like the, the, the program was for me through the people that I spoke to every day it was like this gradual, like coming aboard to, and coming ashore to this, maybe, maybe there's not a problem here. Maybe I will find someone. Um, and you know, there was a shift for me recently. I, I mean, a lot of my like this we is for me is on the phone because I'm I, I uh, like I like you guys a bit, you know, overbook myself and I, I have to do a lot of my fellowship on the phone. But we do get our time together, Claire and I. But um, uh, I talk to someone every day, and she said to me, you know, um, we were talking about this great new relationship I have. It's 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 incredible. Like I could not have picked someone as great as this person. I just really couldn't have. I, I, there's no way. I mean, um, is that my time? One minute. Uh, and she said, you know, there was a shift, Alex. You know, like there's a shift in your voice. When I really heard you, before you met her, you said something along the lines of, you know what, I'm just going to let God pick this next one. I'm just going to focus on me. I'm just going to go you know, do what I do and put time into myself and, you know, you know, buy the things I want to buy for myself that are the things that I've wanted, you know, and save for them or, or just do the things that make me feel good. And I'm sure just, you know, God will pick her, pick her out or God's got it figured out. I don't have to, I don't have to worry about it. There's no problem here. There's nothing I have to solve. And, um, And yeah, one of our mutual friends introduced us. It was just this, it was this really smooth thing that I think I, I would not have really been aware of had it not been for that fellow to point out, hey, you know, there was a shift when you just kind of finally let go. And um, it sounds like that's my time, but, um, and that's the difference. I'll wrap up and say that's the difference today is that I literally watch things happen I, I kind of let God take care of things whereas before walking around with all that fear and anxiety was I thought I had to um, so uh, I guess I'll wrap up with that thank you for having me thank you Alex that's a great, that's a great share um, yeah I identified with a lot of that and um, I guess my first question for you I said do we say let's cross talk yeah, let's cross talk. Let's cross talk. That's oh, such I like a great this. share. Because we're not allowed we're to do this in the room, talk. but yeah. we yeah. can here because we can. Let's jump um, in. Let's jump right in. So, 
I guess my first question for you, because I struggle with that fellowship too, that we Hmm. part of the program as far as picking up the phone. And something that's always struggled, and I hear this a lot from other people in the rooms, is sort of like, why am I calling you, right? Like, what am I going to say? Like, I don't, if I don't have a crisis or I don't have a specific question. Hmm. So I wonder what your techniques were for, you know, overcoming any anxiety about picking up the phone and how you really dove right into doing that. Mm Mm-hmm. How'd you do it, Alex? Well, how'd yeah. you pick up the thousand pound? What do they say? Thousand pound. The thousand pound phone. Yeah. <laughs> no, it does weigh a lot sometimes. Yeah. No, I I relate to what you're talking about with some people in my life. You know, like I used to, which is actually different for me now. I used to feel like in order to call my dad, I had to have a reason for why I was calling him. Um, you know, because there had to be a subject, because there couldn't be silence, or else I would be. I would explode with anxiety. We'd all die. Hmm. Um, hmm. But now, you know, and I'll get to your question. I, I can call him and just say, "What are you doing?" Mm-hmm. You know, I saw this thing. I, I, don't know, I thought of you. I was wondering how that's going. For, you know, I just mm. call him occasionally, mm. or just tell him something funny that I thought. I don't know. Like I just, I feel, and I, I think it's like this. You know, my sponsor really put it to me, like. Um, you know, um, like I, like, it's like I, I wanted to, I wanted to listen to him because he told me just, he would, he would tell me, you just try, try to do it differently. Just do it differently. Because the change is when you do it differently than you've always done it, you leave a little bit of room that you don't have control over. Mm. And that's the fissure for me, you know, in step 11 or that spiritual awakening when I realize I'm not the disease and I'm not Mm. what I thought I had control over and I'm not anything of what I think of myself or what other people think of me typically. And so, like, there's this fissure of doing it differently in, you know, um sort of letting letting like a little bit of space for my higher power to do something you know rather than going like this is how i do things i call for a reason i only call these people um you know and and to feel comfortable and when i felt uncomfortable you know i felt creative or i felt i felt you know like there was possibility or like i felt like maybe Something could happen that would make me feel better than how I was feeling, you mm. know. Um, and th- and then once I w- like once the faith and the proof of it worked, when I called someone, kicked in. I was like, oh, this is this is where the money is, you know. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, and I think that's uh, not to just tangent too much, but I think that's for me is faith. Faith is in the proof that it works. Mm. You know, yeah. my my higher power proof that it exists is in the is in that it works for me well you know they say <clears throat> works if you work it work it yeah, yeah. I, like I read so, that somewhere yeah in our literature maybe. oh right maybe that was might have been where it was i thought it was maybe in the subway just on the wall like on the walls in manhattan sounds something. like there's someone with a lot of recovery trying to spread it out exactly. there exactly yeah mm-hmm. so that's so back to Corey's question mm-hmm it became easier to pick up the phone once yeah. you started to see results? Uh, you know, I don't know. Like, I was always nervous to pick up the phone. I mean, 
I I think it was it's still I'm still like you know nervous to pick up the phone and not not when I call Claire but I <laughs> just nervous that she might actually answer uh, no <laughs> uh, nervous that I won't I mean well, nervous that she'll call me out on something uh, oh but. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, it's it's just, yeah, you know, it's like that fear that, you know, okay, I, there's this thing I realize is that the fear is also the control. It's like the fear that it's not going to get better is also the fear that it could get better. Yeah. That's the unconscious thing. It's like, because I'm doing this, like I'm keeping myself in this thought, mm-hmm. you know, and it's comfortable because it's. It's, it's familiar. consistent, it's familiar. Yeah. It's like how it was with dad. Mm-hmm. Vague. So, right. So the fear is like, it's like a double-sided sword, right? So it's kind of like, well, maybe I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Maybe maybe this person could say something that could make me feel better. Mm-hmm. Um, and the weirdest thing is when I finally do just call, even though I don't want to, um, is you know something odd happens like oh my god you're calling at the perfect time or Mm. or, you know it's just like this so often uh, so often um yeah i really relate to that and you know i think one of the things that stopped me or it would um one of the things i was really uncomfortable about and when i started making outreach calls was that I would be bothering someone. Such mm. a ah, fucking Al-Anon thing for me to be, be like, oh, I don't want to call. Yeah, but I don't want to interrupt you. You know, what if you're, what if they're at work? What if they're with their significant other? What if they're in the checkout line? What if they're driving? What if there's like all these things I could picture them being unavailable, you know? Um, and I think I was less worried about people answering and more worried about them answering. You know, and today I understand like that, like my, I come from a family very different in that like, I call them very easily. You know, we call each other to check in all the time. I actually call them less now than I had a very like enmeshed codependent relationship with them before program with my sisters, two sisters and my mom and dad. And um, yeah, what I realized though is that even though they were always encouraging to like, we would always call each other. Um, I would call them and often, and today, this, I've experienced this today also, they will answer and say something like, oh, I'm just in the checkout line, so can I call you back? Mm. And today I'm like, why the fuck did you answer the phone then? <laughs> you, I could just left you voicemail. Or they'll be like, my sister, would. I would call her and she'd be like, oh, I'm at work. This is the time that I'm at work. Um, I can't answer when I'm at work. And I'm like, you just answered the phone. <laughs> and like, you know, as a pre-program, I would then feel so guilty, you know, like we take on the hurt, the guilt, the shame mm-hmm. of the uh, fill in the blank, you know, people, places, the people is what I put it in there now you know in our literature it's the alcoholic and you know for me it's like I don't need to know if somebody's an alcoholic or not um it's none of my business first of all it's really like how do they show up in my life does it work for me you know and so much of the quote-unquote untreated Al-Anon or so much of the people in my life that have been affected by the disease of alcoholism 
show up in the same ways as the alcoholic, you know. And so, like, somebody answering the phone and then telling me that they can't answer the phone is a contradiction of what's going on. And I think that was part of why I was afraid to make outreach calls in the beginning, you know. And, like, through this program, I was able – through the we of the program, I was able to – understand that about myself you know through working with my sponsor and doing steps and going to meetings and hearing other people share all the things that are the we I was able to but like man it was hard in the beginning now it's just like can I I'm like uh maybe I need to call a different person because I've been calling my like six my like fab five some people call it you know I've been calling them all maybe I can like get a new perspective that's challenging today or that's a new thing today is to like let's just call somebody new what's why not Mm. Why not? You know, I can take what I like and leave the rest. So, you talked about sort of struggling with being vulnerable, mm-hmm. and that was what your sponsor kind of called out. Mm-hmm. What do you think that was about? Or now that you've had some time to reflect on it? Yeah, uh, honesty, or the character defect of dishonesty, uh, was a huge one for me. It was probably like t- number two on my list of fear and dishonesty, uh, were the most frequent in my fifth step of my part. Um, yeah, so uh, I think it was just, yeah, fear of having to be honest with how I really felt mm-hmm. or what I really thought of something, you know, because I wanted people to like me. But. I don't know what that's like. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I, I, you know, it's so empowering for me to, you know, just get nestled into, like, not really caring about whether or not people like me. That's the best. It's just not, the best It's thing. not my job. I think we remind each other. Or I, I yeah, re- you help yeah. me with that a lot. You help me with that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the times, it's easier with work. I mean, it's a lot of times it's just not my job. It's never my job to care if someone likes me. It's not my business. Yeah. Not my job. Not yeah. my business. You know, because when I think about it, the people I like the most in my work are the people that just do their job and do it well. And typically... The ones I don't talk to very much that do that are the ones I'm like, God, that guy's great. Mm. <laughs> you know, he just doesn't seem to care about yeah. what other people think of him. He just does his job. He leaves. He's great at it. You know, and I don't know. I, I think, I think that's. I mean, that was the the, you know, the fear of having to be, you know, present or um, honest, honest, or just uh, being in the being in the room, like in the room like in the room, like in my, in my body, in the room, you know, mm-hmm. not in my thoughts, but in my, in my body, mm-hmm. in the rooms, mm-hmm. it was terrifying for me mm. because, you know, I grew up in a home where like I felt safer when I was in fantasy mm-hmm. or in, mm-hmm. in, or I would, I would, you know, I was an only child. So I lived a lot up here you know, in my head. And yeah. that's where I feel like safe or like there's a buffer dissociation, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, when I can't dissociate, when I have to be present, especially with my partner or like with, with my sponsee or, you know, well, I mean, I can be, but like I, I, I want to be present for these people that I love and care about. And, you know, my fellows, that's the we, mm-hmm. is I get to be present with these people like Claire and and Corey and 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 my sponsee and I, and that it teaches me that it's safe to be present it's safe to be here um you know my mm. sponsor would tell me to go where the love is mm. yeah you know that's where i can be present is when i feel safe 
The dissociation is so interesting. I mean, I definitely have that ex only child as well and fully that identify with that greatly. And I wonder what's what it is about alcoholism in particular, potentially, that causes the people around them to feel safer in a disassociated state? Or, or what, what do you feel that mm -hmm. comes from? Or how did mm -hmm. that manifest for you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, for, for me, um, you know, I, I felt so much shame. Um, mm. You know, um, mostly with my mom. Um, you know, I just didn't want to be associated with her. Mm. And um, the feeling like like I was trapped and I had to kind of just emotionally make the best of it and get by and protect myself in the process um, was pretty much how I had to operate to feel like okay or just to feel like I was functioning. Because mm -hmm. um, I felt like I had to be an adult at a very young age. And how do you do that? Well, you pretend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you, yeah. So, I mean, now it's like I get to reparent myself and um, talk to myself as, as, as if I'm talking to myself at that age, you know, and, and, and get to, tell myself that it's okay to feel that way it's okay to feel shame it's okay to feel like you're you're not um present but um you don't have to do that anymore you know like we're safe with these people and i love what you said does it work for me when you know these people in your life well does this person work for me whether or not they're your alcoholic or your, your mom it doesn't, it doesn't matter, matter anymore i mean it, it did at one point to understand yeah. it but you have choices now yeah i can choose to not be around people that don't work for me or that i feel like I can't stand so I want to dissociate you know yeah I can I can choose to not work for those people I can choose to not be with those people yeah this makes me think of the um there's a passage in understanding ourselves that is um embarrassed of the public scenes you know mm. um but wanted to handle them in private something mm -hmm. along those lines in our al literature um yeah really relate to that yeah it's interesting because you know i think any the people in my life that i have um i find the most opportunity i'm trying to move away from using the word challenge and um because it really just is an opportunity right it's my perspective around the, the situation uh, but when i find the opportunity to hmm, ask myself if it works for me based mm -hmm. on how someone is behaving in the world or even in private with me um yeah i didn't know how to do that mm -hmm. i didn't know how to do that because i was a kid i was a kid that was like well my mom's like being weird you know or my dad's being weird or my siblings are being like something here seems odd and uncomfortable mm -hmm. and my spidey sense tells me that maybe something is going to happen and I'm not going to be safe because mm. many times I wasn't actually physically safe or emotionally safe or mentally safe, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So of course I wanted to, you know, make up a something else. So the distortion is like the coping mechanism for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think like fellowship to me before the program really 
was another element of you know manipulate manage and control right mm. i mean i was i was like the leader of my group and like i threw all the mm. events and everyone did what mm. i said and da, 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 da. um and if i was like in the club of the thespians i needed to be the president and all that sort of stuff so i don't think i really understood the concepts of really fellowshipping with somebody which is really to me a lot of listening mm-hmm. um and i didn't listen a lot in my pre-recovery life because really clearly everyone just wanted to hear what i had to say i mean I'm amazing, and I'm a genius, and all that. So, um, you know, I think that <laughs> no, it wasn't any of those things. Um, yeah, so I think fellowship really becomes such a practice of listening. That's what I love about the rooms. I mean, you know, you have to listen for three minutes. It's, it's one of the beauties of not crosstalk, not to bring it back to our t- our title of our amazing podcast, our <laughs> irony. You're so brilliant, Corey. The irony here. But, like, the but fact truly. that you can't speak, and you can't mm-hmm. comment, and you can't, Laugh. I mean, you can laugh, but you can't, you know, say, you know. What do you comment. mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? Tell me about that. Tell me about that. Right in the middle of it, it's, Joan, you know, it's what all, are you talking about, Joan? It's all about listening and not trying to manipulate the situation to cut someone off and, like, find out another piece of information to just hear what they're going to impart in that moment. Mm-hmm. So that's what I've tried to practice in fellowshipping, mm-hmm. and I think that, you know, a lot of the we part of the program is, is the listening, mm-hmm. for me at least. So I'm, it's impressive that you did that. My sponsor has many times encouraged me to make more outreach calls, mm. to which I have said, no. Mm-hmm. But well, sure. what the fuck do sponsors know? Um, I mean, they don't know much. <laughs> no. I mean, look, I like a safe outreach call. I like someone I know. <laughs> I like to control. You want a guarantee. I wanna, the man I wanna, wants a guarantee. I know the person. <laughs> I know I'm not influencing them. Feeling like he might be powerless but there over. Might be, yeah. But <laughs> so then, and then I spend some on. time thinking like, why don't people outreach to me more? I got great stuff to say. And then it's because I don't outreach to them as much. Mm. Yeah, that's true. It's mm. true. I call the people that call me because they're who come to mind. Yeah. And I'm building an intimate relationship with them. Mm-hmm. So then I do feel safe to do it. You know, it's mm-hmm. I love... Um, just touching quickly on you guys talking about listen and learn is a slogan, you know, and like, I didn't know how to fucking listen when I came into the rooms. I still don't know how to listen sometimes, you know, and I had a really challenging, uh, what? I've been have I've got a lot of opportunity lately at work uh, in a certain <laughs> situation. And in this opportunity, I found myself in a room with someone, with a mediator, and the person that I was having work problems with um, was like talking about things that I didn't think were really relevant to the conversation. And kind of like I saw a lot of old behaviors of like things I used to do, like victimhood. That's the other thing. Like my sponsors taught me to listen and learn. And in doing that, I can – you know, taking somebody's inventory is very different than identifying things in the world, you know. So it's like when I listen to sh- people share, I listen to them and I try and identify what what program things are going on. You know, like I'll hear what they're saying and I'll go, oh, that's uh, that's first things first, what they just, just talked about. Oh, that's a detachment that they just talked about. And I'll be like, oh, that, that sounds like a little bit of victimhood right there. I know what that is. You know, in doing that, in meetings, 
I mean, like, you know, everything leads up to this moment, literally every moment in our lives. There's no way for it to not. Um, And in this room, when I was sitting there at work, I was like, wow. It was like I saw all (laughs) of the times I sat in a room, the countless hours sitting in a room and listening, keeping my fucking mouth shut and just listening to people say whatever they're going to say, whatever comes out. And I just got to be loving and kind. Wow, I didn't, I, you know, my sponsor always says, where would you have learned that? And I wouldn't have learned it in my upbringing. It doesn't make my parents bad or my family bad or anything like that. It's just they couldn't teach me because they didn't have it, you know. I can only give mm-hmm. away what I have and let it begin with me, you know. So I try and listen and learn mm-hmm. in order to give back that for mm-hmm. myself first and mm-hmm. foremost. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then other people, you know, hopefully yeah. get a benefit too. Yeah, I, I love uh, uh, that perspective is new for me as well. That uh, my sponsor gave it to me was this, you know, because I, I struggled with like being present in, even in meetings, um, you know, when someone would speak that I just can't stand this person and they're sharing, you know, and, mm-hmm. and how they shared what the personality and my sponsor would just like say, listen for the message. Yes. What is the message here? Like, what is it? It's not the person. Like, what's the message and what they're saying? Yeah. For me. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, like a lot of times, like with work, like managing people and like, you know, it's sometimes I get judgmental of like, there's always somebody I'm being judgmental of at work. Like, it's like this thing that's like <laughs> there and I don't pay attention to it as much anymore. But, you know, I always try and ask myself of that person that I think is like, you know, incompetent. I'm like, they're <laughs> good at something that I suck at. Yeah. They're, they're very valuable in some way that I, I am not. And so I try and look for that now. And that's different. That's what, you know, the we has given me. Before program, I was like, I thought I was the person that knew how to do everything, you know? And I acted that way. Yeah. There's a reason there's so many commitments. Literally one Al-Anon could handle the entire meeting. I mean, easily. Obviously, because, I mean, it'd be a little stressy, but, you know, I can make it happen. Uh, But (laughs) there's a reason that, like, you know, uh, Jim doesn't do the coffee and is the secretary and is the treasurer and is, you know, it's like there's a reason that uh, just the phone list. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. it. Yeah, you just bring the the thing with the phone list on it and you update it and hand it it around. That's it. (laughs) Just print 10 of them. Yeah. Well, and that's the we, right? I mean, you can't, you have to let other people do things. You have to work with other people. Well, you don't have to, but I mean, that's how the program works. I was thinking about your judgment call around, you know, other people in the the meetings sharing. Mm -hmm. And there's somebody who's in a meeting that just, I mean, just drives me up the wall when he shares. (laughs) And because he shares the same thing every week in multiple meetings. And every time when my little judgment calculator kicks in, <laughs> he shares that and then somebody in the room like grabs something from what that person said. Like they needed to hear it. I didn't need to hear it again, but clearly someone got something from it. Almost, mm. I would say almost exactly every time yeah. that he does it. And it's not about me. It's about whatever that random person is that never heard that story before <laughs> for whatever reason got what they wanted out of it. And, and that's one of those reminders about the we for me. Like what I have to what I have, what they have to say is maybe not beneficial for me, but that's not relevant in this, this moment. Are you saying that there's something greater 
than ourselves that's not the topic. out there. That's not the I'm topic. just wondering if that's what you're alluding to. Uh, no. Oh. Well, I got that out of your shirt. It all ends with me. <laughs> See, there you go. Um, yeah. So you grew up in some of this, in, in alcoholism, mm-hmm. and you didn't discover this until much later in life. Mm-hmm. Um, are your qualifiers still qualifying? Yeah, no, this is great, because this is like totally what I wanted to talk about. Um, I was like waiting for this opportunity. <laughs> Uh, no. HP delivers. HP like delivers. Right through you, HP delivers. Conduit. Um, yeah, they're both still alive. Uh, but I, w- I wanted to kind of talk about just how, like, alone I felt mm. growing up. Like, you know, because, like, I lived with my mom and I lived with my dad. I didn't have siblings. And. Did you, you feel know. unwanted, unloved, and alone? Uh, not unloved. <laughs> she quotes a lot. But sometimes unwanted. <laughs> A little yeah. bit unwanted. Oof. Just a little, just a, and that's all it takes, right? It's, oh, yeah. A little, little die in the water. That's all it takes, yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> like, yeah, there, there, there are these moments where, you know, and I think coming into the program and the fellowship and the we of the program is like, I found my brother in this program. Mm. You know, I always wanted a brother. You know, and I found my sister, and I found my aunt that I actually liked. <laughs> <laughs> you know and i found my best friend you know and that's what i'm that's what like you know like all those things i was like wanting you know when i felt unwanted alone you know just yeah it came you know and i think that's the that yeah that's what i wanted to talk about Mm, i just heard the in the closing um you know, we may, you may not like all of us, but you'll love us in a very special way, the mm-hmm. same way we already love you. And, I, you know, I heard that, and it's like, and then at the end of the closing, you know, keep, and we do this whatever, and they say keep coming back. <sighs> I'm so glad I kept coming back to hear that. I was like, you, what? Like, everybody all, re- everybody in this room, all, you say you already love me in a very special way? Yeah. Like, what is that special way, you know? Yeah, right. And it was like a special way of, like, there wasn't judgment. Yeah. It was unconditional, you know? It was, um, yeah, I didn't know unconditional love until I saw it practiced in other people in the rooms through my sponsor through fellows that I built relationships with mm-hmm. through that we and then I mm-hmm. learned how to have unconditional love for myself mm-hmm. I'm very imperfect at it mm-hmm. but I you know through this program like fell in love with myself mm-hmm. and um I love this slogan let it begin with me I know that's not the topic but because I saw other people you know lead by example and I was a, like kept going to see that through just like you said like through others like yeah like I got to rebuild my relationship with my best friend who actually now is in program actually two both of my best friends are in program I found new best friends I can't even have a best friend anymore because I have so many people that are so dear to me you know I found my brother I never had a brother and I actually found my partner Uh, (laughs) you know my girlfriend and it's just like wow yeah 
That's really beautiful. I, I kept thinking about, you know, the do's and don'ts because you talked to me so much about them. And, you know, we don't na- dominate nag school and complain. Try not to. Yeah, and fuck. I, I really try not to do that to me. Mm. I don't try and dominate nag scold or complain about myself to myself. If I start doing it, I stop. And I change my tone. And <laughs> it's just so subtle, like, you know, that that unconditional love, like, I mean, I my mom loves me unconditionally. I've always known that, mm-hmm. um, and so does my dad. I've always known that. It's just that the way I treat myself now is different than the way I was raised to treat myself. You know, and that's really the unconditional love that, like, I learned from you. You know, and I learned from just the, that. You know, we will love you in a very special way. Um. You know, it's like, I really feel that. Like, I really feel that in that meeting of ours. That, like, there are people in here that love me no matter what. Like, I know it. You know, it's like this, no matter what I do, no matter what, like, I say, like. No matter how how fucking weird my share is. Right. (laughs) Or, like, how much trouble I get into, whatever. You know, like, they are still going to, they're still going to love me no matter what you know there's no there's no disowning there's no hey you're moving out when you're 18 or there's none of that anymore you know Ugh, right it's like no well you threat. didn't collect the money today in yeah, the right no way one's so dominating i'm gonna punish you later pretty, yeah no <laughs> there's no recording there's no yeah i think for me so much of that was also realizing that people were responding to me like i was like i go to the meeting and i listen and you know all that mm-hmm. and i share and then whatever and you know, I'm not connected. Even if I wouldn't outreach with these people, wouldn't talk to them outside of the meeting necessarily, then they would get up and lead. I remember some, one day, like, I got up and lead, and someone was like, or someone else got up to lead, and they were like, anytime I see Corey out there, like, I know everything's going to be okay. And I don't think I'd ever had a conversation <laughs> with this person. And outside of, you know, quick pleasantries. And there's a meeting I go to that is sort of a difficult meeting. And it's weird because I have such a such a lot of issues with the meeting and the way it's run and the people in it and so on. But like I belong there on some level. They all like miss me and ask mm. about me when I'm not there and all and so it's like there's such a we happening whether I wanna be like best friends with these people or not. Mm. And and it wasn't until I saw that I had an impact on the rooms by my very presence that I really felt like that I was in the we. Mm. You know, mm. because it wasn't to me, I was just like, well, I could just sit there and no one would miss me if I was gone. And I, if I'm not doing mm. service, then there's no value. You know what I mean? Like, But just by showing up that you have an actual participation, mm-hmm. you're a part of a group. And yeah, I can't think of any other group that I've joined external to program that has that kind of impact. Mm-hmm. Just by showing up, just by being yourself, you get included mm-hmm. in something. Yeah, and that message. Because I many times in le- le- at the end of a lead have you know thanked people for showing up to a meeting and heard from other people that lead at the end of their lead you know thank you all for being here today and showing up and it really is so true you know that this sh- is, I mean that's the keep coming back like literally just showing up just sitting in a chair just sitting you don't have to do anything else you don't have to do anything else yeah well, um, we're getting close to towards the end of our our program for today, um, and I picked a out of our daily reader. We like to 
either do a game or read um, towards the end of our... How about we read today? Yeah. I mean, I don't think we planned it or anything, I mean, but... games? Uh-oh, Alex. You didn't, you didn't come on a game day. You didn't come okay. on a game day. We do um, this thing called Slogan Slogan. Who's got the slogan? I don't think that's what it's called, but something that, like that. She just made that up. No, we do... Like so this, we do, like... Yeah. Which one is not a slogan? Which one of these is which one which of these, one of these is, is, is not a slogan? Yes, that stumps you, and then you have good. to pick the one that's not. There's some sly slogans out there. Yeah, there really are. There's a couple that when we together had we can game, make it. We were like, sometimes I like want like that? an amendment. I like, this needs to be a slogan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Cool. Very good game. Um, so, so listeners, you better come back if you want one of the. <laughs> Don't you skip to the end. We'll know we're in Al Anon. We'll know you fucking did it. I'll know. You'll be skipping to the end of our podcast just to hear that slogan game. And I'll be I'll feel it. I'll be out I'll be out to a movie. I'll be in the movie and I'll have to leave the movie because I will know that you've done Okay, this is horse is dead. Uh <laughs> Okay. Today we are reading from the Odat also known as One Day at a Time. Also known as Tough Love. And Alanon, also known as the original. <laughs> yeah, it's the Tough Love Reader. OG. Page 136, which is me. Oops, just kidding, guys and gals and humans of no gender, um, d- non binariness. Uh, <clears throat> Today we're reading from May 16th, page 137. In Al-Anon, we are encouraged to keep in touch with our fellow members between meetings. When I am depressed and apprehensive, it is a great help to call my sponsor or another group friend to talk things over. But I want to be very clear on what I am looking for. Do I want comfort and a straightening out of my thinking? Or do I expect advice on a serious personal crisis? I cannot saddle someone else with the responsibility of telling me what to do. No one can make my decisions for me. That is my responsibility, and if it seems too heavy for me, I will call on my higher power for guidance. I will meditate and pray and keep my mind open for the answers. Today's reminder, when I feel I must take a radical and irrevocable step, shouldn't I make sure I am not motivated by resentment? hatred, or anger? I will remind myself that, once having taken a radical step, there is no turning back. Should I not try again with the help of God and Al-Anon to improve my own capacity for dealing with my problems? And the quote is, whatever faces me at this time, I know that God has given me the power to set my world in order. Because mm. my higher power never gives me more than I can handle. Mm. Never. True that. Again, that was May 16th, uh, 137, out of the one day at a time. So we've got some minutes. Mm. Does anybody want to speak on that reading? I would love to hear what Alex has to say. Yeah, I would us. too. I mean, he is the guest. Yeah. Here I, it is if you need to look at it. you look at it? Okay. I appreciate that. I, you know, I got a lot out of that. Um, you know, maybe think of this really subtle thing. I have a great sponsor. His name's Randall. Um, and, um, he does this thing, uh, when I 
call him, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll be like, what can I do for you? Like, or like, you know, what's up? Like in a way mm-hmm. that's like, I like what's, what's really up? What's, what's going on? Mm-hmm. And so I'll tell him and then he'll kind of, a lot of the times he'll just be like, are you looking for feedback on this? Like what's, uh, what, like, did you just, I mean, he, he actually asks me, he doesn't give me advice. He doesn't tell me, you know, this is what I think I heard. Um, he's kind of, he's just kind of like, what do you, you know, did you want, did you want me to tell you what I heard or do you want, do you want to experience strength and hope? Like, what do you, what can I do for you? Do you just want comfort? Like, do you want me to, do you want a pep talk? Like he, he literally asks me what I'm looking for because that is sometimes what I really need is, you know, like, like, yeah, man, I'm just feeling really blue. I need a pep talk. Like, I really don't feel like I'm, I feel like I'm going to die alone. You know, like I really, mm. you know, and, and it'd be like, all right, look, dude, like look, you're a good looking guy. You know, like <laughs> you know, just say something to be like, like, like you, but, yeah. but sometimes, you know, it's, you know, sometimes he really is a lot more like, you know, this is what I'm hearing. You gotta, you gotta stop there. Like I'm just, I'm hearing a lot of this or like, you know, like, but that's not, yeah. I really, you know, get to take what I like and leave the rest. And I really took that into how I, um, sponsor and how I talk to fellows like when they call me and even in my in, even in my relationship sorry I'll stop that even in my relationship I'm nervous over here uh, I get to ask her um, you know well do you want did I really heard you did you did you want me to tell you what I heard or like do you, are you mm-hmm. looking for some feedback or mm-hmm. do you want some are you looking for advice or do you just want a hug like I, I really make it a point to to kind of say that after you know there's a long you know venting if you want to call it venting and I don't even I didn't you know I wasn't even thinking of it but she said something to me once about it she was like god I love when you do that it really just makes me feel like I I can just I don't know. It's just, it's just, and I love when Randall does that because he doesn't always do it, which is great. I love that he, when he doesn't do it, but like, it's this subtle thing that, um, you know, I'm really, I'm really hearing in this, you know, this, this is so great. Like, um, you know, or do we, do I expect advice on a serious personal crisis? You know, like, you know, it's like, I mean, one of my closest Al-Anon fellows in the program, you know, is my, like my camping buddy, and you know, he's like an older brother to me. Um, we'll, like, it's do that. He's very adamant. Like, you know, we have, when we talk to each other, we have a greeting, we say, I'm, I'm calling for an outreach. Like, cool. Um, you know, like, how are you doing? I'm like, I'm good. I just, you know, like, blah, 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 this stuff's going on. He's like, yeah, I hear that. Like, well, what's going on? You know, like it's this, we, we greet each other, you know, and we get to the point, but, um, he'll say, he'll ask me like, are you looking for advice on this or do you just want experience, strength and hope or, you know, like, um, you know, and he's a bit, he's a bit cut and dry. Sometimes he'll say, you know, I've already talked to you about this. I think maybe you should try someone else. (laughs) And in a really loving way though, like he's like, you know, I really like, you know, I don't, I don't want to tell you this again, you know, like I just, and, and it's not, it's not that soft, but it's like this, that's what I know I can call him for that kind of recovery, 
you know, I can I can Very get direct. A, I can get the real truth, honest, like hard line, rigorous honesty from yeah. this person, or I can call someone who's super loving and super like soft and warm mm-hmm. and like was like, you know, this is what I'm hearing, this is what I'm feeling, you know, they talk about the universe or, and it's totally different. So I can call someone for different things, you know, and I can I can tell them what I'm looking for, you know, and I I, I heard that so clearly, and I and I love that person's recovery, but it's also not my recovery. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and like take what you like and leave the rest. You know, you know. I love that he says maybe you should talk to somebody else, because I hear that like, I'm not sure if I have what you need. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. I don't know if I have what you need. Yeah. Is how I heard that. Yeah. Which is so loving. You know, yeah. My family never would say. I've never. It, yeah, it, yeah, it, I, didn't, I didn't have right. that in my upbringing, right? Like. Well, just so the opposite of how we're raised. We're like, well, we have to have everything. Yeah. Uh, we have to be able to fix and solve everything. Yeah. We can't admit to not owning no, one cannot. of the pieces. No. Mm-mm, I've got all of them. <laughs> I've got <laughs> all the pieces. I have all the pieces. Yeah. 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 My sponsor is super direct too and i'll call and he'll say what can i do for you hi sweetie he's one of the few people in my life that calls me sweetie and i love it so much i love it so much and it's just the way that he says it he's just like hi sweetie and i'm just like oh i'm i am nice like (laughs) i'm like nice Mm. and and I'm not doing anything wrong. You know, like, I'm always afraid to call. I wait till it's big enough to call him. Mm. And he knows that. And I tell him that. And I'm like, well, you know, uh, I had to wait for it to, to be big enough. And he's like, mm-hmm. How's that going for you? You know? <laughs> but he'll answer and he'll just say, yeah. like, how can I be of service? Mm. He says, how can I be of service or what can mm-hmm. I do for you? Are the two first things, mm-hmm. you know? And then he will say... He already, I also know with him, I want his feedback. There's mm. no conversation about it. Yeah. I'm calling because I want his, like, that is why I called my sponsor. That, that, and that's the relationship I have with my sponsor, which is very different from probably the relationship, Alex, you have with yours or Corey, you have with yours. You know, like, my sponsor's like, boom, bing, bang, boom. He'll cut me, he cuts me off. Like, and, um, and gosh, it seems like that would be so rude, but actually, like, I love it because I'm, if I'm calling him, I don't want to fuck around anymore. I'm done. I already called the four fellows that like, <laughs> I got to be like, I got to be like, blah, 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 and then yeah. they blah, 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 and then you know what happened next was like, Ugh, but I'm really upset about it. And you know, whatever I got out all that. And like, I, he knows like I'm calling him because like, I'm like, Hey, what's on my side of the street? Because like, I want this, I want something to be different. And like, mm-hmm. it's not going to be different until I look at what's on my side of the street, you know? So I usually like get out the other thing. Then I call him and then he's just like, he's like, uh-uh gonna stop you that's what i'm hearing or he'll be oh man it really gets me when i like i'll call and i think i have like a success thing i'll share it and i'll be like halfway through you know i'll be like oh i showed up for this and i really took care of myself i really took care of myself and i'm like sharing with him what that is and then he's like okay well i hear what you said just there and is there a different way you could have asked for that and i'm like man i thought i was getting an a in this test you know um (laughs) But that's why I go to him is because I always want to be improving, you know, and he doesn't need to be all the things in my life for me, you know, um, 
Alex, if I need to be coddled, I will call you. You don't coddle me anyway, but you know, you'll be like, yeah, you did really great, man. You're so great. And just tell me how great I am so I can remember that I did a good job. You know, I've got so many different people in the program to go to. Yeah. Uh, I love what you said about how you wait to, until it gets a little bit too big and then you can call him. Because for me, like, it's it's actually like I, I call Randall, like, when there's the smallest thing that's bugging me before I call anybody else sometimes. And if I catch him, sometimes he'll be like, what's the thing? And I'll tell him. And then we'll get to open up this whole envelope of, like, stuff that I wasn't even aware of. Because mm. it's just a manifestation of something bigger. Yeah. Yeah. And I can't see it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So, well, we need our fellows to help us see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't do it alone. We need the. We. I tried; it didn't work. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. here we are. Yeah. I forget how we end this thing. Well, we've got two minutes. Do you want to share on your experience, strength, and hope at all? We can edit around this. Oh, um, on that reading, no, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I will say one thing. A fish doesn't know it's wet. Ugh. Right? Like I'm in the ocean as a fish. And then I'm like, holy fuck, I'm in an ocean? That's the awareness. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. the fellowship. That's the fellowship. Yeah. This has been wonderful. Thank really you great. so much, for Alex, me. for being of service today. Appreciate you. I'm really grateful. Mm. We really appreciate your being of service. Thank you for having me. And uh, I love it. Keep coming back. Yeah, keep coming back. Keep coming back.